0: Mishka Shirvalli is catching up with friends who are arguably more talented than him. What's up? What's going on? How are you?
1: I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm
0: good. <laughs> <Yeah>. you
1: <look laughs> fearful.
0: I'm unsure. I, uh, I had... Um, somebody's DoorDash order showed up on my doorstep this morning, and it was a bunch of like, like mm-hmm. uh, sausage Taco Bell breakfast <laughs> burrito, and I didn't do any of that. But I, there was a uh, a Baja Blast Mountain. <laughs> yeah. So I start. <laughs> I started drinking my <laughs> and I, I can't fucking handle it anymore. So man.
1: you relapsed, is what you're saying? I, I know.
0: <laughs> the, the worst, the most pathetic relapse possible. The, I'm gonna get really excited soon, and then I'm gonna have to take a nap. Yeah. The um, so yeah, so we just uh, slammed right into uh, recording this pajama. Uh, okay. Um, and I have no editing skills, so I am just going to
1: uh,
0: <laughs> I am going to speak your uh, your introduction right now while trying to uh, maintain eye contact to make it as weird as possible. <laughs> uh, let's see the um, your CV. Uh, Lydia Lovelace is a professional musician, songwriter. Uh, been a industry professional since the tender age of nineteen. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, we met in a bar in Columbus five or six years ago. Um, yeah. when I was a fan, and I'm still a fan, and uh, and we're kind of uh, buddies, friends now. Every yeah. once in a while, we um, exchange <laughs> a flurry of text messages, and then uh, and then silence for six to eight months, which is. That's <laughs> how I want. That's all
1: my friendships <laughs> or ideal friendships. <laughs> I,
0: I I had a friend of mine, Alan, uh, text me today, you know, and he was like, I, you know, I heard the, the news about Lanigan, you know, and he was like, you know, are you okay? And I was like, bro, like, this is the sixth time you've asked me if I'm okay. And it's February. Mm-hmm. I, I'm fucking always okay. You know, that's, that's my <laughs> curse. Never ask me if I'm okay again. I, I appreciate you know, the, yeah. the care that you're sending and uh, stop doing that. <laughs>
1: <No>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, just text me in the middle of the night when you're in, in a meltdown and then we'll talk. And then, uh, and then one of us will lose the thread or get distracted or something. And then <laughs> and we'll pick <laughs> up. the, um, how are you? I haven't talked to you like for real, Talk, talk voice to voice. Yeah,
1: it's been a long time. Where? I'm good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's exactly how I responded. Did you have a Baja blast too?
1: No, <clears throat> so I'm laughing because I did microdose this morning, or maybe somewhat afternoon. Because I've been trying to do that more, I'm trying to make time for some some mushrooms. But um yeah, so I had completely forgotten we were doing this, which is funny, but I'm pretty good. I'm back in Ohio right now, living in this sort of dream dream spot that I got hooked up with, which is um, it's like a two-bedroom, two-bathroom home that I have no business living in that's going to get torn down in the summertime, so <laughs> it's pretty cool.
0: So you're are you, you're just sort of squatting there until the uh, developers move in. <laughs> yeah, I, basically.
1: <laughs> it's yeah. Not like
0: a Stephen King, you know, book where you're gonna have like uh, you know, a standoff at the end.
1: It really um, is. But- like, especially since I, you know, I came here to kind of like force myself to write a record, which I'm really terrible about doing. Um, so there are some days that are better than others. So it's like half shining, half, I don't know, <laughs> something I-
0: else. <laughs> I was imagining like a like a sort of a '70s like uh, you know Burt Reynolds or like you know James Garner thing where it would be sort of like you um, you know airbrushed standing on the the hood of a monster truck <laughs> yeah. you know like you know uh, last showdown in you know whatever I don't know the yeah um the I don't know for somebody who says they have a hard time uh, just buckling down and writing the record. You have an awful lot of records, you jerk.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You know, I guess from the outside looking in, I have to give myself some credit. But from my perspective, like, I'm a relatively slow writer. I'm kind of always being scolded for my slowness. So I think most people do a record a year um, that don't have anything else to do. But I've never been able to do
0: that. Man, fuck all those motherfuckers, man. I'm on the like uh, you know, the uh, dog years plan of like one every seven years, you know. The
1: Yeah. To be fair, you also do like a million other things. So I don't know. I don't yeah. know if that's terrible
0: either. I guess I don't know. I guess I do other stuff. The um I will say this at the outset of the conversation that um that I've always been jealous of you. I'm I'm jealous of you now. <laughs> Um, I was jealous really? of you before I le- Before I met you, and the um, and it, it's it's tricky in our friendship sometimes because there are um, there are definitely times where I know that you're going through like legit hard times, and like mm-hmm. you know, to be an artist and to be continually forcing yourself to create means you're sort of professionally miserable and prof- <laughs> like just constantly coming up short. You know, like yeah, I, I could the- ever
1: disappointed in myself.
0: Yeah, we we keep moving the goalposts, you know. That where it's like, well, I, I wrote a song today, but I could have I could have written two, you know. Like, uh, you know, it wasn't you, very good. Yeah, like Neil Young woke up from a fever and wrote, you know, half of everybody knows this is nowhere, and yeah, I haven't fucking done that. Um, yeah, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm envious of uh, like virtually everything. The I'm envious of your voice. I'm envious of um. <laughs> The, the body of work you've produced. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, I'm envious that, that you're a lot more successful uh, yeah. <laughs> than, uh, than I am. Hey, <laughs> you affirmed that a little too quickly. You're like, hell yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I'm laughing because I've been thinking about that a lot. That's something I have been thinking about a lot lately. And I'm in kind of a fucked up place with all that, but I do have a lot more success than like most people will have. Like, am I the most successful person in the fucking musician's landscape, no. But I've been able to, like, make a career out of what I do. And I always seem to, like, luck out with something cool. Like, for instance, I recently wrangled, like, a decade overdue royalty payment out of my label. So that's what I'm fucking subsisting on right now. So I don't have to desperately go out and, like, literally probably suck a dick. But, like sorry maybe we should edit that out but um no, no, that, that, i mean i
0: almost did foot porn when i was in new york so i, <laughs> I just want you to know there are other options before that i
1: mean i've been i've been quite seriously. it sounds easier to me than doing a patreon because my creativity is so for some reason guarded but um but where was i getting um yeah so when i get on probably on the internet and i'm like all sobbing and crying about oh life is hard and then i you know look at myself from maybe your perspective and yeah i have managed to have some success and like my life is pretty fucking charmed often so yeah i wasn't trying to be like i'm way more
0: successful (laughs) than you wish (laughs) i do like that response though too the um (laughs) The, I mean, you know, that's the tricky thing, though, is that. Um, so one of my favorite moments in not just I mean, not just American cinema, but cinema period uh, was an episode of uh, the Mork and Mindy show where mm-hmm. um, Mork has a um Mork, Mork has a sinus infection. So Mindy gives him a nasal decongestant and then he starts shrinking. And then, you know, she's like, um, what, why are you shrinking? Like, it's just designed to bring down the swelling inside of your nose. And he's like, well, Orkians are made of the swelling inside of our nose, you know? So the, (laughs) and it's a cliffhanger episode, the, um, where Mork disappears at the end and I never saw the other episode. So in my mind, that's, that is (laughs) when Robin Williams died is like, you know, maybe 1982, the, but the, you know, um, I went through a big ketamine phase this summer which I don't know the, you don't hear that every day <laughs> yeah but one of the one of the notes that I wrote down you know that I sort of reread the next morning was you know uh, if I forgive you will I disappear and wow. you know I, th- I think that's one of the things that um, we struggle with as artists is, I think we do understand that um, happiness, or contentment, or, or fulfillment, or something like that—that that it, it does come—it's um, internal, you know, internal validation. Because obviously, the all the external validation that we get, we're like, well, that d- doesn't mean anything, or that was a technicality, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? It never, yeah. you know, so it has to come from inside. But then, w- what happens if it does? You know, I, like I feel like if I got lastingly happy, I would just stop making shit. Mhm. you know the
1: well the odds are very
0: <laughs> I was gonna say are you are you concerned that you're gonna get happy and stop writing
1: god no I was just writing about this this morning how I cannot remember a time where I was not just like flogging myself mentally like even as a child I was just like so depressed and anxious at all times <laughs> So it's been pretty constant. that will never go away. as far as like having contentment, I mean, you know I was in definitely the best relationship of my life for the last seven years. Well, I'm not dead yet, so we have yet to see. but um, like <laughs> a very for the most part healthy and supportive relationship that I ended, and now I'm like, wow, um flogging myself about that, not in sort of a oh, I need to get it back way, but in a, you know, what the fuck is wrong with me way? Wh- do I have the capability to be happy, period? <laughs> I guess is where the journey I am on right now.
0: I, um, yeah. I, I went through something like that uh, a couple of years ago where um, I ended a relationship with a woman who I was totally in love with, but I just, um, you know, our life together had been predicated on me uh, giving up the road. And then mm-hmm. when I, you know, moved to Atlanta to be with her and did everything I could to try and give up the road. I found that I couldn't, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, that was, and we, we tried and tried and tried and then it just wasn't happening. And then finally I said, you know, the, you know, this next tour that I'm going on, like, I'm not coming back. And, mm-hmm. um, and that was incredibly hard for me to like, I, I wish I had just gotten dumped because yeah. I was the one who ended the relationship um, because of like a certain sort of sense of powerlessness, you know, the, the call of the road or something. And, and I broke her fucking heart, you know, like Mm -hmm. I really destroyed her, but, and because of that, I wouldn't allow myself to feel, to feel bad, to feel sadness, to feel regret, to feel mourning, to feel loss. And it, it was like, you know, the feeling was like, Oh, you know, I did one too many Jager bombs at the bar and then Mm -hmm. I was going to have to puke once in the morning, but I forced myself not to. And so just spent the next like 36 hours wanting. Yeah. Where if I could have, if I just like stuck my toothbrush down my throat, then I could have fucking gone to work you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I, I feel for you, man. It's like, it's tough to, um, yeah, because I think we always see the person who ends the relationship as the bad person, you know, the, Oh
1: yeah, um, I certainly am. Yeah.
0: I'm not saying that you are movie of this relationship. You yeah. Perceive yourself as, you right. know, uh, as the, um, so I don't know. I mean, it, maybe this is weird advice, um, uh, the, or suggestion, you know, the, I can't even get this out without laughing have empathy for yourself like no we're, yeah. fucking, we're never gonna do that you know the right. why would we ever do that
1: well I'm starting to try to get there because I'm realizing like you know there's a huge blockage that's not probably going to do me any favors um and I have a few worries and and guilt trips that I've been sort of nursing for the last couple months but um I don't know. Sometimes you just have to get out of your own way. So hopefully there is some sort of path being cleared to that.
0: The um, Do you feel like the suffering that you're feeling right now is facilitating writing or blocking writing?
1: It's definitely blocking it at this point, I would say. So, yeah. I mean, I'm sort of in a place where Well, I'm starting to come out of the place where I'm like numbing myself all the time, like only watch bad movies and only (laughs) only listen to the same pop songs that don't make you feel anything. Um, I was in that phase for quite a while. And then I was listening to, God, some dumb pop song this morning. And I started thinking about like some other horrible, you know, my sister went missing a couple of years ago. So I was thinking about that because she really loved this song. And I was like, well, I guess I can't like avoid pain all the time even when i'm like actively trying to avoid it so yeah. uh, <laughs> this is a this is the call to start feeling things again
0: it's um it's weird because in um you know people say like i always see those shirts that say like you know good vibes only and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, go, go fuck yourself, good fuck yourself like all the way straight <laughs> to hell in a cloud of murder hornets. And also <laughs> if I, if I had the misfortune of finding myself a, in a good vibes only zone, that's probably the worst thing that could happen to me. I would, I would feel like so deeply uncomfortable. The, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that I'm at a place in my life where the, um, like a certain amount of pain is comforting to me, you know mm-hmm. the um, being uh, forty five, uh, uh, being forty five and still forcing myself oh, to run, just um, <laughs> it just means I'm like in low level pain all the time. Like when I'm running, yeah. when I'm not running, when I'm sitting, when I'm standing, when I'm sleeping, the and the and I realized that I, I I'm into that because mm-hmm. that's sort of where I am emotionally, but it's gotta be the right, um, the right ratio of um of pain. You know, the you know this band Lord Huron?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: if you if you know any horrible stories about them, please don't tell me because the they put uh, an album out. Um, whatever, long lost that I've been sort of spinning nonstop.
1: Yeah. And, I don't know any horrible stories about them. I, I really like that band or okay. guy. Is it just like, is it just his project? I don't
0: know. I, I don't know. The, I, I did the thing with them where I found, you know, somebody turned me onto that record and then I liked that record so much that I was like, don't, yeah. don't learn anything about them <laughs> because <laughs> if <laughs> my experience in this world has taught me anything like any musician that I like. If I poke around a, a little bit at all, I'm going to be like, Oh, Oh, I didn't realize the first two Ooh. records were just straight up white power or like, you know, yeah, <laughs> the or um, even
1: just, yeah, there's all sorts of things that like my friends will be like, I, I just love that singer songwriter. I'm like, Oh, the guy that did this. And then I'm like, God, why do I have to like, first of all, shit on everything. <laughs> for everyone but also like what are people saying about me <laughs> I wonder like I'm sure there's plenty of horrible things that could be said for me so that but I yeah I totally totally get it
0: a friend once described me as the poster boy for for the the me who movement of people who <laughs> who don't have a high enough profile to get outed for being <laughs> fucking total pieces <laughs> of shit
1: yeah <laughs>
0: Me wow! Like, I was like, "Thanks." You know the um, yeah, cut to the marrow, the, but that you know that Lord, you on record. The um, you know, at this point, it's it, it's definitely an unpleasant experience to listen to it. Um, it definitely hurts. You know, but it's sort of like you know, um, a fish hook in my heart, as opposed to you know, like. I don't know, running over my foot with the lawnmower or something like that. Yeah, know, it's like the right amount of pain. Whereas, yeah. there there's some stuff that's just um much too much, you know. Right. The, but I you know the, I I feel for you so much when you're you know when you see things like obstacles and blocked and stuff like that mm-hmm. because I think the. I've never encountered anything more terrifying, more horrifying in my life than like a blank page, you know, Mm -hmm. just sitting down at the computer and being like, well, here I am alone with my thoughts and feelings, you know, am I, am I out of shit, you know, or Mm -hmm. or picking up a guitar and being like, this one is not going to start with a fucking G chord, you know? Yeah. I'm you not know. gonna
1: go. No, 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 no. Yes, I am. Let's yeah. be
0: honest. But the, yeah. um, or you write a brilliant song, and you know, and then you go to play it again, and you're like, "Oh, I, I fucking that's the chord progression do 'Don't Stop Believing.'" You know? Or yeah.
1: Like, oh well, fuck! Fuck! I hate this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just wrote "Hotel California." Again.
1: <laughs> I hate when that happens. Yeah.
0: That song in particular, man
1: okay, <laughs> get around I it
0: I can't think of I can't think of a worse song that I have written more times in my life <laughs> like
1: <laughs> really hard to avoid, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um God, yeah, there's nothing worse than like all right, time to start the real getting down to it like, and I've never been like, uh, I want to be one of those people but I don't people who are like always about the craft and like you know never stop creating and it's like yeah I agree but it shouldn't be insufferable and I'm certainly not going to write a masterpiece every day or even once a week which I think I know a lot of people who do or think so and it's like I I just have never been able to get to that I really want to be more routine driven but
0: I don't know. This is, you know, the with the, you know, the stupid Neil Young versus Joe Rogan thing recently, you know, right. uh, um it's it's so funny trying to like talk about that shit on on Twitter or, or anything because you know, you're like, um, people are like, you know, this is censorship, you know, and it's like, well, actually, no. Mm-hmm. Neil Young (laughs) is expressing his First Amendment right to free speech by, you know, free speech includes shutting your mouth. And that's essentially what he did, you know, the so if you're a free speech absolutist, you're clearly on Neil Young's side, you know, and people would, you know, jump to my, uh, you know, jump on the Neil Young sort of bandwagon and be like, he's Canadian. He can't do anything wrong. I'm like, (sighs) There's like millions of dead yeah, people yeah. who would disagree with your assessment right. of, of Canada, you know, and, and Canada as being like the country that's never done anything wrong. The, um, but one of my, to say worse than genocide, even worse than genocide, <laughs> Neil Young, you have to write all Lightning. the fucking songs like Neil Young, uh, Dylan, Stephen King, like fucking yeah. get a hobby. Yeah. Right. You know, the, I mean, that's one of the things that's maddening for me is that there are some artists who um, it's like the, it's like they never turn the car off to put gas in it. It's always just, yeah. it's fucking just always going, you mm-hmm. know? And I, um, I go through, go through long periods where, um, where I don't pick up a guitar at all, or I don't write, yeah. you know, a fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, the one of the things that has been i don't know if there's a musical equivalent of this the one of the things that has been really helpful you know for for me with getting through writer's block and stuff and sort of like just getting shit rolling is the the shitty first draft thing mm-hmm. which is you know that when you when you start writing um you tell yourself this is going to be the worst uh, most melodramatic you know, bullshit thing I've ever written. Mm-hmm. And, um, not only am I not going to try to write something good, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, give myself permission to write something that's terrible. Um, right. and I'm just going to keep my fingers moving. Right. So you just, you know, just write until you get to the end and then go back and edit. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's a musical equivalent of that. Um,
1: I mean, I, I think there is, I mean, I don't know. I guess for me, it would be just like dicking around on guitar all day and and singing really horrible melodies. I, I guess it's not quite the same, but yeah, I don't know. I did a songwriting workshop a while ago where I was like, we're all going to write a song by the end of this. And I was like, God damn, I hope I can write a fucking song by the end of this because I'm teaching the class. But, um, I ended up just being like, I'm going to write the corniest fucking thing that I possibly can. And I ended up really liking it. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to, like, get out of my own way, not to use that term again. But, yeah.
0: How how was the experience of uh, teaching that workshop?
1: I really enjoyed it. I thought I thought I was going to hate it and end up really pissed off at my friend for convincing me to do it. But. It was really cool because I don't think anyone that was taking the class had ever written a song before and they didn't really know much about song structure. So they were kind of like, what's a bridge and what's a chorus and like getting really obsessed with that. And I was like, it doesn't fucking matter. And like by the end of it, everyone had written something so like personal and like, I would even say marketable for the most part, like everyone was writing really like well-crafted songs. I don't think that had anything to do with my guidance. I think it was just me being like, anyone can do this. And like, if you really want to, anyone can do this, I should
0: say. The, I mean, that that's sort of what my therapist says to me. She's like, I you know I'm not doing anything. I'm just sort of giving you permission to do you know right. to to move forward. The right. so I would argue that you're probably doing something that's actually um, integral for these people to you know to actually so, yeah. you know write songs. The but it's funny you know because the did you go through like a, a Beatles obsession phase of like learning a ton of songs and and studying the structure and instrumentation and all that shit?
1: No. In fact, that's, like, probably one of my biggest regrets. If you mean, like, actually sitting down and, like, playing guitar or two songs. I mean, I definitely went through an obsessive Beatles phase, but I I don't think I've ever learned a Beatles song in my life. But I definitely am obsessed with, like, song structure, which I don't always apply to my own songs. But, yeah, I admire um,
0: it. Because I whatever when I was maybe I don't know 16 to 18 or 19 um I think that was like when that the big white tablature book of like all the Beatles songs came mm-hmm. out and uh I got that another friend got that and um
1: I think we had and, that
0: too and, and so we would just try and learn you know as many songs as we could and I, I don't I don't think of the Beatles as like a big influence on my music or my songwriting the, but every time I've learned a Beatles song, I've gotten a fucking song out of it. Um, mm-hmm. just because they do, um, Paul McCartney especially does weird, um, chord structure, uh, weird, mm-hmm. chord, like chord progressions that you don't really expect or transitions and stuff like that. And yeah, like, oh, I, for sure. I, I can do that. You know, mm-hmm. the, um, but one of the things that I got from being a, like a big Beatles nerd for a minute was, um, beginning becoming really like obsessive and insecure about song structure. Like I knew I was a shitty guitar player and that I I didn't have much of a voice. So I would I was like well, I'm going to put nine chords in this song, or I'm going to put eleven mm-hmm. chords in this song, or I'm going to put you know this is the pre-chorus and then this is the second bridge and all that. And like you're writing a fucking ELO song or something, right? You know? The, and then I just did a Freddie King cover with a couple of buddies the other night. There's, it's just three verses. There's, <laughs> there's no chorus. There's no verse. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just like a blue, a driving blues vamp. And it's more satisfying than a fucking Baja blast. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just like deeply fulfilling yeah the the, to learn that song and be like oh man i i could just write songs like this or you know the uh sam coombs from quasi did you ever get into that band i don't know that band i'll I'll send you a link to uh um one of the records i think it's just called uh featuring birds or something Mm -hmm. like that um but he he you know he plays sort of like uh distorted Wurlitzer and shit like that. And, uh, Janet Weiss plays, uh, drums and the, the songs are all like one, one part that goes into another part that goes into another part and then it ends. Yeah. And and it's, and it's beautiful. And, and also the, I want to like grab him by the lapels and throw him up against a, a wall and be like, you fucking just, you just repeated it <laughs> once. You didn't. You didn't milk it. You didn't. You don't play it. Th- yeah. You don't turn into a, a big you know drunken sing along chorus and have everybody sing it at, you know together at the end. The
1: yeah.
0: You know I guess the confidence that he has as a songwriter to just just be like oh, I'll just write another one.
1: Yeah. God, I'd love to have that attitude.
0: The um. Do you uh do you play keys or piano at all or um.
1: Yeah, know, I play it. I've been playing primarily that lately um, no. i I grew up playing it piano um, it's definitely like it's definitely become my preferred like writing tool just because I understand it a lot more than guitar not in terms of like being really talented, but like where the notes are it's much easier for me to find something than on guitar huh but I don't know if I would say it's my favorite thing to, like, record with.
0: Did you learn uh, piano first?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's my first instrument.
0: I feel like there's a thing where girls learn piano and boys learn guitar. Is that a thing? Yeah. 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 Especially
1: when I was a kid, it was just easier to, like, have a big piano that everyone clunked around on, probably. But, um, yeah, I wanted to learn drums, and I just have no sense of how to do that it's it's way too much going on but yeah
0: virtually every drummer i've ever met has been a fucking psychopath too yeah uh, <laughs> <probably> so, <laughs> so so either you you missed your window or you dodged a bullet there mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> i think i know like you know maybe two drummers who aren't total psychopaths and and they stick out in my head because i'm like yeah. Weird that you're not, you know.
1: Wow, pretty, you're a you know. interesting, nice person. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The um do you have a guitar that you grab first when you're trying to write?
1: Not really. I mean, I have like four guitars right now. Um, and I've definitely been grabbing the prettiest one. Uh my ex got me this like Miami blue fender telecaster. That I've been pretty obsessed with lately so mostly that one right now I would like to say the acoustic is like my go-to but I actually hate my acoustic because it's huge and really difficult for me to play <laughs> I Just like I love it but at the same time it's not really the most joyful thing for me to work on songs with but when
0: when, when I think about you and especially when I'm listening to your music I feel like we're about the same size and then whenever <laughs> we hang out I'm like no yeah I I got that that totally wrong (laughs) um I I have to play big guitars because if I I mean if I play like a Mustang or something like that it looks like um you know I like it looks like I'm playing like a kid's guitar or something like that yeah
1: you know yeah I just have a J45 but I don't know it causes a lot of hand pain for me so even anymore when I go on like solo tours or stripped down tours I like don't even really play it i mostly just play electric but mm. which i guess would make me a wimp but i don't know who has time for like having fucking carpal tunnel from playing guitar
0: yeah i i always talk to um you know with, with you know to be like continually buying and selling guitars i always talk to you know uh parents or aunts and uncles who are like oh someone mm-hmm. wants to get into playing guitar like what acoustic do i get them and i'm like don't get them a fucking acoustic get them like yeah. a shredder yeah guitar yeah with a yeah. flanger because a six-year-old will fucking love that. And yeah metal guitars are s- way easier to play than anything else out there because they were like built to shred on, you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: the um I started playing I, I think the first song I learned how to play was like Wildwood Flower on uh on acoustic. <laughs> and it was just like torture. You know, I felt like I was yeah. interrogated like my you know tiny little baby fingers like <laughs> Yeah.
1: I, yeah. It's, there's definitely been some just like monstrous acoustic guitars in my life. And I'm like, I don't like this, but a lot of the smaller ones don't have pickup, so they're kind of useless, but I don't know.
0: The um, Do you have any uh, thoughts or feelings about uh, Annie from uh, St. Vincent, uh, you know, making her own guitar uh, built for uh, tiny little lady hands?
1: I don't think I knew about that.
0: The it's, I mean, it's funny because the, um, did you see that thing that was going around like a couple of years ago about the, you know, they had the, the big pen that was like, you know, delicate, you know, for a woman's touch mm-hmm. or whatever. And then people just <laughs> roasted them mercilessly in the comments. Right. Um, and, uh, um, any from St. Vincent worked with, I guess it was Ernie Ball and they made a mm-hmm. guitar that's, you know, it has like a thinner neck and, you know, it's, it's sort of more lightweight. The, and it was, mm-hmm. it was, it wasn't, it wasn't designed as, you know, along the fucking gender lines or whatever. It was built for her, you know, right. the, um, but it's ended up being a great guitar for women and for smaller players and people with smaller mm-hmm. hands and stuff like that. Yeah. Then, um, I love like old Hagstrom guitars. But I have, like, these fucking big, you know, monster hot dogs. Yeah,
1: Um, Yeah, that's not even something that I think about. But, yeah, like, I mean, if you have small hands, you kind of need something that's catered towards that. So I don't really see a problem with that. I can see how it could come across, but I don't know. I also have, like, fairly meaty, big hands compared to, like, my family members, like, at least my sisters. And, like... Like, my ex started playing mandolin, and I couldn't do that, because I have, like, relatively, like, chonky fingers, whereas he has these, like, long, slender magician hands. So, I don't know. It's, I guess it's just about, like, what you want to do. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can see how it would be weird to be like, I made this for ladies. But.
0: Yeah. I don't know. The, a dainty little guitar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: I and mean, I also grew up playing a dainty little bass, which I don't think I really realized, but I played a fender like combo bass, deluxe combo, or something like that. Uh-huh. See, I don't even know what it's called because I'm the worst person in the world, but um <laughs> it's it's like super light and and fairly small and and now that I play like other people's bases, I'm like, holy shit, bass is like incredibly exhausting to play sometimes which I didn't realize
0: the I would counter that if you um if you don't know a ton about the ins and outs of various instruments it's probably because you're Um, you're busy uh, actually writing songs and creating music instead of (laughs) going down the fucking nerdy wormhole about like, oh, the split coil, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah I,
1: I do think like my main focus has always been like instantly creating instead of like knowing jack shit about what I'm using to do so other than it looks cool and I like playing it generally. Which doesn't exactly make me like an expert in anything, unfortunately.
0: The um a, a sub theme of this uh, this fledgling podcast is me forgetting the names of all my favorite musicians and bands while I'm recording, which embarrasses me <laughs> all the time. However, the the um the names are less important here than it, it was the um there's there was an interview in Bass Player magazine. And I think it was like the bass player from Sly and the Family Stone or something like that, you know, like one of the, um, you know, the heavy hitters in, Mm -hmm. um, you know, funk rock and sort of like slap bass, you know, the, you know, bass, not just being like uh, that other guitar, you know, but being its own instrument. And they were, you know, going down the, you know, the sort of gear rundown with him. And he was like, you know, what, they were like, what, you know, what strings uh, do you use? And he was like, I don't know, just, just the ones that came on it. You know, so he'd been playing the, you know, the same whatever Fender bass that he walked in, you know, to some place and bought for fucking 200 bucks and uh, been playing the same strings for his entire career. Yeah. And the, now everybody's like, Oh, you have to have these hexagonal core. uh, They're, you know, blasted with ice nine, you know, these, these are built specifically for doom metal, you know, but, but here was somebody who was really sort of like, um not just not just writing music or playing music but really sort of rolling the ball forward and he was Maybe just
1: more like, concerned with it than yeah
0: getting yeah, in the way the um you know and I there was uh a, you know a guy uh to who uh I fucking I can't remember who you know said this to me and I was like <laughs>
1: uh, I was like oh I, I'm like
0: building my pedal board and he was like oh you're you're gig avoider and I was like Oh, fuck you. That's totally true. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing all this shit and like researching the different gauges of the wires connecting the pedals. Mm, So I don't have to confront the fact that I don't know what to write about now that I'm sober. You know, that like, I basically written one song in my life, which is that like, (laughs) you're leaving me because I'm a drunken piece of shit and My death will be my revenge. You know, I don't know that. (laughs) I just like sometimes it's in three, four, sometimes it's in four, four, you know, but I write that song over and over again. Maybe I'll write it again today. Maybe I'll write uh, Hotel California. You you don't know.
1: Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Yeah. I mean, I've been getting into pedals, which for me is like, I've bought a couple pedals, which for other people would be like, I'm buying pedals every week, but, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really understand how to make the sounds that I'm making, but it's fun and it gets me inspired, but it's definitely a form of procrastination itself for sure. Yeah.
0: The, I I, I was, you know, obviously when I was like, you know, 13 years old, I knew everything about, you know, music and songwriting. And I was always like, oh, you know, the you know, what the guitar you have doesn't matter. It's just, you know, like you got to play from the heart or whatever, you know,
1: I, yeah.
0: Fucking bullshit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) now that I'm old and creaky and, uh, um, just (laughs) I'm not, I'm, I'm not like I'm past like male fragility. Now I'm just into like male frailty. The where I want, um, the get- I, I don't care what my shit sounds like I want to be able to carry it from the car to the the bar in one trip you know that's right. that's how I want my stuff to sound I want it to sound like um it's like it's really fucking easy to play um yeah but um but I have found that by doing that you know just you sort of through my own um laziness or inertia or something like that you know i've stumbled upon instruments that are super easy to play and that has actually helped a ton with writing mm-hmm. songs just to be able to you know to have something that's enjoyable to play um
1: yeah
0: you know where you know where you're not bringing more fucking obstacles to the game you know
1: Yeah, it's kind of like when people are talking about exercising more and it's like, well, don't worry about having a cute outfit. Just throw on your PJs and get to it. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to figure out how to make it harder for me to show up at because I mean, with COVID and everything, I've been doing more and more shows without my band and it's like I'm about to go on this solo tour and I'm already making it a huge deal in my mind. And I'm like, why don't you just get, get the songs that you want to play together and play them? instead of trying to figure out how to make it crazy and have like a symbol tied to a dildo, tied to a rowboat that's motorized. Yeah, I, I just want to play a few songs that I really enjoy and and get it done instead of like overcomplicating it in my mind.
0: Actually, really glad that you said that though, because I think so many of us are sort of re-emerging from um from lockdown, from COVID, Mm -hmm. um putting all this pressure on ourselves that we need to present um, you know, like I've been I've been woodshedding and I'm gonna come back as fucking Ziggy stardust and blow y'all away, you know. And and really what it is is, you know, it's like um, you know, I've gained 40 pounds, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. um, or, you know, for me, it's, it's like, fucking. I've settled into like agoraphobia, which is not really something. Oh my I,
1: God. Extremely for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, and so, I, I mean, I think at, um, I think we're all thinking that we have to come back like kiss and it's going to be more like fucking rocky erickson or like daniel johnston or something like that where people are like oh my god he made it onto the stage you know and that we and that we need we need to be okay with that man i mean yeah um i don't know i mean how how has your uh two-year nightmare been
1: (laughs) i was gonna ask you do you feel like there's something that you've gotten better at during this time um <laughs> please say no because everyone else seems to have improved vastly under this
0: the i think the only thing that i i mean it, it's it's always a fucking two-edged sword you know my every answer is like yes and no mm-hmm. you know, The this last two years has taught me that i'm stronger than i thought i was and i'm weaker than i thought i
1: was mm-hmm.
0: because right. I, I came closer to relapsing this last year than I ever have in my, in my sober life. And I didn't, mm-hmm. So you know, I guess my program is working and, and also I think it could work a lot better because um, it's not a great feeling to, um, you know, to feel that destabilized and just be like, wow, I didn't do it. You know, Um
1: I think
0: that's astounding, though. Truly, thanks. The yeah, the man. I you know I have such a hard time. The because we do have you know we have to talk. Everybody who I'm talking to, um, you know, in this sort of like first round of the podcast, the Mm -hmm. you know, one of the big things is just like, how have you been? You know, the Mm -hmm. how what were your survival strategies? How did you get through it? And so we're in this quagmire of everybody's having the worst year of their lives, yeah. just had yeah. the worst year of their lives. And it's, and there's a thread that runs through it of sort of like, um, isolation and paranoia and loss. And, um, and also, you know, the thing that you talked about, or, you know, that we talked about a little bit, you know, right early on about when you end a relationship you're continually interrogating your own sadness to be like, well, I, I ended the relationship. How, how bad am I allowed to feel? How, you know, yeah. how sad am I allowed to feel, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But um, what did you, do you feel like you're coming out of this um, worst fucking thing ever with, uh, with something new that you've learned or something that, that you got better at or, the um was there a survival strategy that that helped you get through?
1: I don't know. I mean, it's actually been fairly traumatizing because it reminds me a lot of how I grew up, which was like homeschooled in the middle of butt ass nowhere with like not a lot of options. So it reminds me a lot of that feeling, and I worked so hard. And I would say, like, the last, like, seven or eight years to, like, get rid of at least some of my social anxiety and, like, be able to order a coffee or, like, a burrito without having a complete meltdown. And that has all just completely gone away with the last couple of years because, you know, I don't have to be around anyone. And particularly, like, in the last couple months where I'm, like, living alone, it's taken kind of a nosedive. So, I mean, I don't know if I have specific strategies because I'm just as a person kind of all over the place, but there have been times when I've gone on streaks of of doing really well, which I've been surprised by. I mean, I think, you know, I've always struggled with addiction and I've gone a month or so here and there without drinking, which has been for me, really great, especially, you know, when you can just be at home and not have to like worry about the social aspects of why you're even drinking, which is the most insidious part. So I don't know. Now I feel like I'm just rambling, but.
0: One of the, one of the working titles for my, my memoir was, um, the true cost of free drinks, you know, because (laughs) when, uh when you're working, when you're on the road, that's part of your wages, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, and you know, and then there were absolutely times in my life where they were like, you know, we're uh you're only getting 40 bucks, but it's free tap beers all night. Mm-hmm. It's like, motherfucker, I will make you regret that. <laughs> you know, where yeah. I would just sort of like yeah. spite drink as much as I could, you know, um, to to be like, well, you know, I um you know, after after buying a foot long at Subway and a tank of gas, I'm ten dollars in the hole. But I drank two hundred dollars worth of shit beer last night, so I'm up. You know, yeah. The um. But you know, I mean, if it's uh, you know, I mean, if it's any consolation, you know, you know, struggling with drinking and stuff, you know, last night I made up my mind to go back, where I was like, now, now the time is right, you know, for me to start drinking again um Mm -hmm. and i woke up this morning and i was like that's a dumb idea i'm not gonna do that (laughs) but last night i was like okay this (laughs) is you know i'm ready to
1: um,
0: the yeah but i mean god when i um when i quit i was um i was getting like three-day hangovers Mm -hmm. and it was just like i you know i I don't think i'm physically strong enough to drink anymore (laughs) yeah i don't know the constitution the you know one one encouraging thing I, you know, I would say is that, um, you know, I, I recognize that I was an alcoholic when I was 17 and it took me 15 years after that to, uh, to quit drinking. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I think there's a lot, you know, it, sometimes it takes a long time to realize or accept, um, the path that we know we need to be on, you know, the, um, right. you know, people always say like, Oh, you know, sometimes the kids got to touch the hot stove before they realize that it's hot. Well, some of us have to touch it like 40 times <laughs> and you're like, oh, I think it might be hot, you know, um, the, but also, you know, I mean, I, I actually wrote a self-help book, um, which ugh, the, I, you know, that's, <laughs> that's worse than doing foot porn. Um, the, <laughs> yeah that was a missed opportunity there. I do have beautiful feet The maybe that'll be the image uh, that we will use for the podcast. You so, should,
1: you should just use your
0: foot. <laughs> a picture of my beautiful the feet. Podcast. Yeah. The, um, but you know, in order to write that I <laughs> did a shitload of research about, um, uh, it's called alcohol. They don't even, they don't call it alcoholism anymore in, you know, in the yeah. circles it's, you know, alcohol, um, alcohol
1: you- dependency,
0: yeah. Alcohol use um, disorder, fair. alcohol. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, basically either drinking too much or drinking too often. And mm-hmm. the, and AA hates this, but the truth is that most people who drink too much or too often wake up one day and they're like, man, fuck it. I I'm done with this or, you know, mm-hmm. or I'm going to switch to beers or like, I'm just gonna have a couple drinks on the weekend, you know, and that, that is the prevailing story. You know, so yeah,
1: it's especially in the last couple of years I've seen so many people that that I didn't understand or I didn't realize, I should say, struggled with with anything at all that have gotten sober to what to me seems very easy. Which I'm sure that's me speaking for people that have struggled with something for a long time. But I've just seen people zen out so much, so e- relatively easily
0: from my perspective yeah the you know my you know my my life got really fucking bad before i quit Mm -hmm. and the but i was uh i was excited to endure the worsening horrors of my own alcoholism (laughs) rather than go to a fucking church basement and like have fucking yeah. old timers tell me I needed to get Jesus, you know, the, um, and I just imagined, um, you know, sober life to be a fucking horror show and the, um, and I was wrong, you know, and I, you know, was not to like proselytize or anything. I This is just to expose one more way in which I got mm-hmm. it wrong, but the, um, you know, a staple. I don't know why we're always talking about Stephen King uh, today, but fuck it, we're going to talk about Stephen <laughs> King. A staple <laughs> of every Stephen King um, book, or actually, uh, virtually any horror movie, is the the dog, uh, the dog snarling, or the cat hissing at the closed mm-hmm. closet door, mm-hmm. and that um, that's always more terrifying to us, more horrifying than for us than fucking Godzilla emerging from the icy depths or whatever that, you know, whatever the monster is. And it's, it, it's just, it taps into that primal fear of the unknown of like, why we're afraid of caves and like the ocean and shit like that, you know? Right. Um, And the, for me, it was, um, it was the unknown of, you know, what my life would look like um, after I got sober, the, um you know, and had I known that, I mean, there's a lot of shit that I still do where I like, when I'm like, Ooh, I get some new running shoes, you know, where I'm like, Oh, you fucking dork. You fucking dork. Like you're such <laughs> a loser. You know, the, um, I have, I have a I have a drawer in my dresser now that's dedicated to just like running clothes and shit like that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, the, um, and I was, I mean, it was even, i mean this is like you know last night i decided i'm definitely drinking again um but also i was looking at some of those like really obnoxious running shoes because um (laughs) a friend of mine who actually used to play bass for uh, public image limited um told me that um brightly colored shoes actually make you run faster and I was like, you're fucking bullshitting me. And he was like, no, man. Cause like you get shoes that are super obnoxious, like, you know, uh, electric blue and hot pink and fucking, you know, uh, the road cone orange and stuff like that. You, you can't jog in those, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you better be fuck tearing it up out there. You know, if you have shoes that are that obnoxious,
1: <laughs> that seems true.
0: <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that's so idiotic and also correct. Um, yeah, the but yeah you know the I don't know I definitely have um I definitely have a big grudge against sober life especially after the last couple of years the um but uh it's, it's way less bad than I thought it was gonna be
1: god I think it looks so awesome yeah
0: really <laughs>
1: yeah, like everyone is so much happier and like more attractive on that side. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you.
0: This is <laughs> actually the good.
1: Of the barbed wire fence. <laughs> the, the, the barricade.
0: <laughs> this is actually good because the, I mean, I think we, we started with this, uh, with me confessing that I'm uh, jealous of virtually uh, every aspect of your life. The, um, but I guess my oh, yeah, morning... I I guess my mornings are probably better. The I mean, I still, I still wake up. The I enter this world in the most, each morning I enter this world in the, the sweetest, cutest, most adorable way possible, right? My mm-hmm. dog, during the course of the night, she'll get up several times and lay on the edge of my legs so that then she'll slide down to have like maximum contact with my body. <laughs> and then at some point in the like, you know, 3.30 in the morning, the cat will come, you know, she usually sleeps like a little further down the bed, but then like in the you know pre-dawn hours, she'll make her way up to um, like the pillow next to my head and mm-hmm. she'll, she'll do the little biscuits thing and then she'll <laughs> go to sleep there. So when I wake up in the morning, the, 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 the first time I turn over, my dog wakes up. And then she goes, Rrr. like, because she's snowing. <laughs> she's just a little puppy. You know, she's still, she's like, yeah. oh my God, we got four God. <laughs> You know, I get to fucking poop in the yard again. She's so excited about everything. And then my cat comes onto my chest and she just like purrs and does the little biscuits Mm -hmm. on my chest. And that's how I, how I wake up and I should just like wake up and be like, good morning world. And instead I'm I'm still like, fuck all 'all." (laughs) y'all and what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Like, yeah, I get angry at my dog for being so enthusiastic about the day, you know, the, but um, I should, you know, I should just spring out of bed, but I don't, you know, I yeah, I really don't know what
1: I would do. Oh God, me too. I'm still trying to figure out the morning thing. Some of the worst part.
0: My mom, my mom has it dialed. I, um, the, I, I do wish it had worked out for you to move to Arizona because I would totally, I would put like 15 different guitars in your hands until you found one. Yeah. Like, I really love this one. And yeah. also I would give you unfettered access to my mom <laughs> who has somehow figured it out. The, the happiness thing where mm-hmm. she, she wakes up with no, with no cat and with no dog. And, um, I mean, she really, she, she does and just
1: wants up. to get out of bed.
0: Yeah. She's like, Oh my God, <laughs> what, you know, what a gift, another beautiful day, another beautiful mm-hmm. day. And the, wow. I don't know. That would either, um, that would either help you, or it would uh, prevent prevent you from writing <laughs> at all ever. Or, I don't know, we'd snap and team up and like.
1: Okay. How does she do it? I book <laughs> <my>. <laughs> what do you love with
0: It might just wind up with us putting a pillow over her head, like uh, Raymond yeah. Patrick McMurphy in that one. <laughs> <laughs> This is the only way we'll feel joy is eliminating it in others.
1: It must go away, yeah. No, I really, I admire other people's joy and I, I think it's awesome. I wish I could like be that way. The, the only time I hate it is when people are like, just do this and you'll be happy. And it's like, no, that's probably not going to happen for me. But i really <laughs> glad. Like, I really am happy for you. I just don't like it when people try to like insist that I could feel the exact same way if only I did
0: this but other than that it's pretty great and that's the end (laughs) I'm I'm logging (laughs) off some of these things that we just need to fucking muck through it on our own you know a, um, a friend of mine you know was sort of starting to tour and I love him and I've suffered a lot on the road so I was trying to to tell him everything I could think of, you know, of, you know, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. And I was like tour explaining the whole fucking experience for him. Mm-hmm. The um, when he's whatever in his thirties, you know, and the, nobody wants somebody man or woman, whether, you know, a friend or a stranger to be like, well, let me tell you how it's really done. You know, the, we want to just go out there totally like hard headed, and um, and be like, I know others have failed before, but fucking stand back. I got this, you know, and, and we just got to go out and like fall on our faces and make our own mistakes. And then, um, you know, and then fig- sometimes you just got to like fucking figure the shit out on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that sucks. <laughs> I, I wish there was it's just fucking
1: a- terrible, but
0: I wish there was like a red box thing of like, you know, human knowledge, you know, where you could just mm-hmm. go, you know, everybody sort of puts the thing in there that they learned, And it was like, Oh, here's the volume on, you know, or maybe like the matrix, you upload the thing of, uh, Oh, you know, here's how I defeat my anxiety and mm-hmm. you just put the cartridge in like old Nintendo. You, you have to blow in the cartridge, yeah. put it in, and then your anxiety has gone. Um, but um One of, you know, one of the criticisms I've gotten from people who are sober, who have gone through 12 steps is they're like, Oh, you know, so much of your program is the same as, um, AA or stuff that I've heard in the rooms. And I'm like, maybe, but it means something to me because Mm -hmm. I discovered it instead of having somebody lecture me about it. You know, it's, it's, you know, I came up with,
1: yeah, I don't know.
0: Um, what
1: also, the... wearing, what an odd thing to feel that you need to tell someone. But
0: oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> God, the internet is wonderful for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, the stuff people say to you is like, so fucking insane, because I get a lot of weird shit said to me, but sometimes I read the shit that people say to you, and I'm like, wow, I have it easy.
0: So, yeah. Thank you. I, I feel <laughs> the same way about the shit that people say to you. Yeah. <laughs> and do you, you know what's worse? Um the I, I'm a little bit older than you and uh the and I'm a dude. And mm-hmm. there the you know the worst shit in the world is uh people who are a little bit older than you being like, well, I don't know if you remember the 2000s. you know. The, yeah. Um, You're yeah. too
1: young to remember this show. Thank you for yes. not doing that with Morf and Mindy, by the way. Like, <laughs> goddamn it. Please don't say it. <laughs> the if you well, even know what
0: that is <laughs> i i see people doing it to you and then i have to i had to stop myself my hands were like shaking to not explain what fucking mork and mindy was to you i was like don't right. do it man don't do it just don't do it <laughs> She's your fucking friend don't do this to yeah. her. But the, the impulse in me was so strong uh, the yeah it's weird i don't know um We'll wrap it up. What uh, What's the rest of the year look like for you? Is that a terrible question? The, Lydia, in I know you're a tiny little bit of mushrooms. Uh, w- w- <laughs> what are you going to do with the rest of your life? What, uh, oh God. what does this all mean? So much,
1: so much. <laughs> um, I mean, basically, I'm going on tour with the Drive-By Truckers in April for like a month. So that'll be good for me. Um, Is that with the solo.
0: band?
1: It'll be solo for the me. solo? Um
0: is Todd still playing guitar for you? Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Todd's a great fucking guitar player.
1: Yeah, he's awesome. Um, we actually just had like a really great day last weekend or the weekend before, I can't remember. Um, where we all went into the studio that I've been leeching off of and did a bunch of demos. So that's going well. You know, I'm about halfway done with a record. I'm hoping to get it done by the fall and move on with my fucking life because my house is going to get torn down. <laughs> so that's where I'm at right now. And then I'll move somewhere else, we'll see.
0: The um I don't know if you saw this. I just picked up a 1972 uh streamline aluminum trailer that um, Oh wow. that we're going to park in the backyard and that will be the um I don't know, the battered artists shelter. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. so when uh you know when you're, when your seasonal depression is on uh, code fucking red when you're in Wyoming in February or whatever.
1: Right. Uh, That's
0: awesome. Hit me up and we'll put you in the trailer um
1: yeah.
0: for a couple of weeks until you get some sunshine and stuff. Uh unlimited yeah. cat and dog privileges, they're fucking cute as shit. The it's it's
1: yeah, good. that sounds awesome.
0: The um Cool. Um, where uh, where can people find you? Where can people find your music, your website, your MySpace?
1: Yeah, my website is LydiaLoveless.com. Um, I have Instagram, which is Lydia Loveless with three S's. That's probably where I'm the most active. I have Twitter, which I fucking hate. It gives me hives. Sometimes I say dumb shit on there. And that's about the extent of my social media presence.
0: Awesome. Are you, uh, are you coming through Phoenix with drive-by truckers?
1: no it's all east coast stuff
0: okay yeah they, they just but, came yeah. through here. A friend of mine was uh tming for them um oh, cool, yeah yeah great show the uh, such a good band um they, I, I fucking i mentioned patterson hood i think on the first podcast and i couldn't remember drive-by truckers as his band. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's where i'm at that's the that's the ketamine hangover that i just wiped a is. massive chunk of my brain out you um, know <laughs> Well, Lydia, thanks so much for doing this. The, um, you know, I'm, you know, still a huge fan and, uh, I don't know. I love that we're friends and that I, uh, have a sort of little window into, um, your songwriting and all that shit. I hope, I hope we talk more often than uh, once every, but, uh, (laughs) I don't know that either one of us are ever going to do that.
1: Uh, I've been so fucking isolated the last couple months, but I'm trying to come out of it. And I'm really hoping that it sounds dumb, but I hope warmer weather will improve that.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, that is how I wound up in this desert wasteland is just you yeah. know, having, um, having lived in New York for 18 years and just been suicidal every fucking winter.
1: you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, enough's enough. But um, you got my number. Give me a call when you get down and I promise I will do the same
1: yeah for sure awesome.
0: all right thanks for doing this thanks all right take care bye mishka shirpali is catching up with friends who are arguably more talented than him